Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. What's in there? Only what you take with you. Good evening. Since we're all strangers to each other, let's get acquainted with the drink, shall we? I've been here five years. They only owe me the right way up yesterday. So I was just kind of hanging out. I was playing my character, but not so he's really got, playing. He's got on his phone. He's got headphones. In. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, I'm just kind of hanging out, waiting for nothing. Then all of a sudden, a call comes out, and I'm like, uh, uh, "All right, uh, sorry guys, I I gotta go." And so I'm pretty sure I closed it. Like I know I closed it. I closed the app. I'm pretty sure I muted it myself before, and then I get a text from Luke. Uh, yeah. Okay. So on our end, what happened was, "Oh, sorry guys, I gotta go." And like you get a little Discord, like he he left the call. Yeah. Five minutes later, he's back. Surprise! <laughs> well, actually, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, no. That was that was later on. So he, he says, guys, I gotta go. And he kind of hear, like, you unplugged your headphones. We could hear that. Yep. And then you hear, like... As <laughs> <laughs> he goes into his pocket. It's in his pocket. <laughs> like, Paul. Yeah, yeah. It's, Paul! And I can't hear it. My phone's on quiet. You know, yeah. I, I couldn't... The volume without headphones was nice and low. Yeah. So is this on the entire call? Uh, well, <laughs> so... Thankfully... No. Oh God, she's gone. <laughs> so, so, so Zach Zach Barnes is like he's the admin of that group. So all he did was just like kick Paul from the call. Okay. Yeah. But then for some reason, because Paul, Discord is creepy. Discord is creepy, or he has a droid phone. So I'm gonna blame it on that because I'm a snob. All of a sudden, yeah, he just like comes back into the call, and it's just rustling noises. And it's it's honestly like at that point it was just annoying. So Zach just kept kicking him out. Yeah. But he would just keep coming back. I was very persistent, apparently. <laughs> so <laughs> My he, phone was, I guess. So eventually, like, he gets into the call, and we can hear, like, a bunch of voices and, like, driving sounds. Like, he's in the ambulance. Yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah, we, we were looking so, at it. And, uh, yeah. So what was active is he just removed him from the group so that he's not allowed to join the call anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, we, we can't believe like, this whole scenario, like... Watch, Paul's going to, like, they're going to, like, some morbidly obese guy's house who has, like, this weird, like, chronic farting problem. <laughs> He's just going to be in the ambulance, just farting away. And then there's going to be, like, an awkward moment of silence. And then you'll just hear, like, this, like, laughter coming from Paul's pocket. <laughs> they'll, know, they'll know it's you. Yeah, that would have been so bad. So, yeah, yeah. Discord, sometimes it doesn't close. <laughs> Speaking of things that don't, don't close, we're here. To review Dragonlance, The Magic of Kryn. Uh, yes. Could you guys close the cover on this book? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Okay. The first, the first story, definitely. All right. So this is Dungeons & Dweebs Deeper Delves, where we take a little time to go just a little bit deeper. Yeah. Deeper Dells. <laughs> Deeper Dells, yeah. So a we're going to... After Dark. No, that's something else. <laughs> so we're just going to spread apart the old bookshelves, and we're just going to reach way back up into the far way reaches of the dusty old shelf and pull out this little gem. Way the magic... up in there, Morty. 
way up there. So the magic of Crin, uh, it's it's also known as Tales. Volume yep. one yes. of Tales, there's Tales, Volume One, there's Tales, Volume Two. So for those of you not familiar, there's a lot of people, right, who listen to the podcast who we hear from who say, hey, I didn't read Dragonlance. You guys were doing it. Read it, right? So there's a lot of people who are very well-versed in the lore of Dragonlance. Definitely there's people who are not. worse than us. Right. So the first right out of the gate was Dragonlance Chronicles. It was followed up very quickly by uh, the the Legends trilogy. And this hot off the heels of that. Again, uh, TSR at this point had made the, its publishing, was trying to make its publishing mm. empire. <laughs> right. I don't know. I, don't, I think they're just trying to survive at this point. I mean, what are we at, like 87? Now yeah. we're at 87. It, to me, it sounds like their publishing empire never did what, well, I mean, you look at what TSR produced. They did a, an amazing amount of publishing. Yep. I oh, mean, yeah. the books that TSR has... I was just at a bookstore the other day, and I I picked up a book by TSR. It had this weird skull on the front of it, and it was called, like... I don't even remember now. Two, two without flesh or something like that. It had this <laughs> weird skull on it, raised golden letters or silver letters. And I'm like, what? TSR? It's not even related to Forgotten Realms or Dragonlance. Yeah. I mean, they were just publishing stuff, but they spread themselves too thin like Lord of the Rings. Uh, I feel like butter spread over too much bread. Uh, yeah. TSR was just spreading yeah. itself out mm. too thin. Didn't I think, and I don't know how to focus it. I mean, obviously they made a butt ton of money while they were doing this, right? And so I'm not going to sideline quarterback them, even though that's exactly what I'm yeah, doing right I was going to say, that's, it's, it's kind of what we do. <laughs> but this was, yeah, I would say, Luke, you're right. This was coming at a time where they were turning out games and board games mm-hmm. uh, and, and everything else and really trying to capitalize on their property. Dragonlance was very popular. And so they said, let's blow out these stories. And I think this is actually kind of... I would say in some ways unprecedented where between Forgotten Realms and Dragonlance, I mean, Star Wars does this kind of stuff where you take small side stories, characters in the universe and follow them. But to do it with a a universe that isn't even on the small or big screen yeah. is a bold move. Yeah, because you that's one of your favorite books on Star Wars, isn't it? One of the Cantina ones? Yeah, I love all the Tales stuff from Cantina. This predates those. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Dragonlance was doing this first where you, you take ancillary, or in this case, in a lot of these non-existent characters, characters mm-hmm. we've never met before, and throw them into environments in Dragonlance. A bold move when this only exists in modules and at this time six books. Yeah. yeah. That's that's pretty Well, I mean it's it's a good idea what they did. They have all these different authors or people. Yeah. Right. Come in to write. I, <laughs> yeah. I like your clarification uh, there. Authors well, or people I mean, slash friends. Yeah, and yeah. TSR, I mean, I kinda like this. I, there's part of me that enjoys the fact that TSR is this gritty startup company mm. that's kind of always it feels like um Wearing too big of boots, but I enjoy that about them, right? Like, yeah. like, like in some ways, there's just a lot of this spastic startup energy where they're just okay, guys. I f- I feel the boardroom table would not be boring, right? Like you'd go into the the execs would all be sitting around the boardroom. Yeah, half of them were probably high, uh, and they're all they're definitely. all definitely. <laughs> and, and you know, or, we're deep in the neck beard here. And yeah, these, I was say, these guys are like neck beard, like paranoid. There's <laughs> maps of there's maps of solace being thrown thrown around. There's metal miniatures being. Oh no, I'm I'm seeing them like <laughs> like 
game testing these or testing out these games and like they're yelling at each other. <laughs> they're way too into it. Uh, yeah. That was a one, not a seven. There, what are you doing? And almost nothing is said no to. There, right? Like, a, I've got this great idea for a yeah. new module. Do it. You Here's a thousand dollars. Go for it. There's butt cracks and BO everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that Magic the Gathering guy would would be uh, having so much fun at that event. Um, actually, that wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> well, it was later. But, you know, uh, I will say that the Magic of Crin was a very mixed bag for me. Like, yeah. there, there is some of these stories that I am in love with, I really like. But let's get into the first. This On, on this episode of Deeper Dells, we're going to take, oddly, only the first poem. Oh, yeah, the first one. We have, it's uh, Riverwind and the Crystal Staff, a.k.a. Caps Lock, a love story. By... <laughs> You know, Michael Williams was the guy on staff that was like, yeah. I can turn out poetry. And I think it's a bold move. I'll use the word, I'll couch behind the term bold. Okay, uh, okay. It is a bold move to try to launch a book, again, about ancillary characters from only books, no movies, and start it off with poetry. Well, mm. they did have that little forward, you know, where it's Tasselhoff talking about that. But right. that wasn't enough for me to care. <laughs> so, it wasn't enough to jump right into poetry. It was pretty neat. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah. Pretty neat. But let's let's get into this first poetry, uh, Riverwind and the Crystal Staff. One thing, okay, positive that I'm going to say. Yes. Uh, this book, sumptuously illustrated. Ooh. Uh, what did you guys think of the drawings in, in this uh, book? The, oh, the internal uh, illustrations the, the, by... Uh, Hold on, Stephen Fabian. Uh, I haven't had to scroll up. Stephen Fabian. Stephen Fabian, yeah. I mean, so obviously you have an Elmore cover here, which yes. is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And if 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 you're waiting for it to come, the second generation is coming. <laughs> it's just the coital rhythm's slower on that one. Um, but this Jeez. is a picture actually from the scene, uh, actually one of my favorite scenes in that book. Fabian, who is this guy? Why, why should we know Fabian? So Stephen Fabian worked at TSR late 80s to mid 90s, mostly on the Ravenloft line of work. Um, but then he did do a little bit for this book as well. Um, yeah, his, his run was, I don't know, it's fairly short at TSR. Right. But he is, he's pretty good. Uh, I mean, I like his art style. I went, I wholeheartedly will admit, I just Googled him and put artist mm -hmm. and then went to images. Yeah. Well, the yeah. images that come up are pretty cool. I, they are. Uh, but I you think know, he did one with, about Boy Blue, uh, the, from the Fables, I think. Real quick, uh, he does, there's Stephen, StephenFabian.com. Uh, but if you go there, you get a quick little, uh, I wouldn't even call it a, we'll call it a, a blip. A blip, yeah, right. a, bl a burp? What would you <laughs> a call blurb. It? A blurb about his life. <laughs> a byline. Um, <laughs> and then there are two other tabs on this website. Uh, the second one, the first one being the little blurb. Yep. The second one being the gallery, which uh, a brand new gallery is coming soon. <laughs> so oh, whoever's nice. working on Stephen Fapian's uh, site, probably uh, the same person working on our site. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. <laughs> oh, dang it. We haven't updated that in a year? Ooh. He's got a lot of cool black and, I, I black do, and white art. I really, and I'm a fan of the black and white art. I so am too. I appreciate just the contrast. So I was I was kind of skimming through that. He did some Conan, which we know you love. Huge fan of Conan. I mean, Conan killing this big spider. Love so it. It, it's fantastic. And then he, it looks like, just once again, Googled it, uh, Survey Ship. 
I, I have no idea. The, the cover of Survey Ship. Yeah, uh, I yeah. have I have no idea, but it makes me kind of look think back to Rama, right? And, and makes me kind of go, I, I now kind of want to see what this book's about, right? But again, what I really appreciate about TSR at, at this time is, I mean, you have like Weiss and Hickman who weren't really authors at the mm-hmm. time; they're getting their start writing, writing. Uh, now, by this point, at this point, it is a best-selling trilogy two yeah. best-selling trilogies so they're becoming rock stars in their own right uh tsr seems to be a, f- a like a channel through which if you're a young and upcoming aspiring game game designer artist um what I like about TSR is it seems like this kind of grassroots, they're going to take you in, they're going to give you an, the ability to kind of show what you're worth. And Michael Williams has been given tons of abilities to shine in here. And here yeah. he's given an awful lot of the book, again, leading off this book uh, with Riverwind and the Crystal Staff. Bold move, like you said, bold move to go with a poem in the beginning of a book. I would have gone with something that would grab the reader probably a little bit more. I mean, again, I don't know what their demographic for a book is going to be like this. My guess would be you're trying to hit 16 to 25. Yeah. is what I'm thinking you're you're going for. I don't know that a long-winded poem about Riverwind and the Crystal Staff because this is not even really an exciting story. This no. this story will be actually given the narrative treatment in in later book and I don't oh, remember okay. what somebody will call me out on it. I can't remember if it's like Tales number 2 or Heroes 1 or I don't know what whatever it is. I feel like even reading through this um on this this poem that kind of like double backs on itself a bunch of times on a story that I feel like I already knew. And yeah. all, all I've read at this yeah. point is um, the original Dragonlance trilogy, um, the Twins trilogy, right. and then that uh, Soulforge. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I'm, I'm about seven books in, right. but yeah. I feel like I know the story already. By the way, I believe it is the Heart of Gold, of Gold Moon. Uh, Heart of Gold Moon, short story. Oh, the heart. I, yes. I don't, I don't really and, know. That's... And I, I'm going to get all kinds of flack for this because I have read the short story, The Heart of Gold Moon, mm-hmm. and promptly forgotten. Well, you've read so much Dragonlance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Now, you, you, when you go into the Dragonlance world, you binge the Dragonlance. But here's the problem. Like, I wish Justin on our Facebook page, if I had the memory, this man's mind mm. can, like, string together everything he's ever read. I read all of this stuff, and it just disappears. Yeah. Like. Like feathers See, in the wind. <laughs> it just goes into like the mush pile. That, that's it really is mush pile. That's, that is what I love about <laughs> fantasy though is because yeah, everything kind of does get put together. You can kind of tell the different where a plot's going to go. But if it's nonfiction, you kind of have to know every little bit and piece. With fantasy, sci-fi, you don't have to know every little piece. You can get one or two things wrong. And if you if it really bugs you, you can always going to Wikipedia because fantasy and science fiction books always have a Wikipedia. <laughs> so but at this by this point, Andrew is uh, driving in the car with his son going, can you get to the book already? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> stop least, cussing. We haven't Sorry, cussed Andrew. yet. Not once. I'm, we have been nice so far. Well, give me a f***ing minute. I will. <laughs> <laughs> We're, have fun. It's the middle of the week and so there's there's no Ronnie Dews. Uh, for just, you. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so we're starting off here with Riverwind and the Crystal Staff. Just uh, let's let's set the tone, perhaps with this these opening few lines. Give us a reading. Here on the plains, where the wind embraces light and the absence of light, where the wind is the voice of the gods come down, 
the rumor of song before singing begins. Here the people under the winds are wandering ever towards home, forever in the moment, forever in movement, an old man is singing the song of an absent country, beautiful, heartless as sunlight, cold as imagined winds behind the eye of the rain. And wide before us, my sons and fathers, the song of the country centers and swoops like a hawk in a sleeping land, born upon hunger and thermals, singing forever, singing. Oh, you know I'm not gonna the the, the two uh, opening. <laughs> okay. What, what would you call these? Or is this stanzas? Stanzas. They're stanzas. stanzas. Did not make me regret reading this. Ah, it's really. It, it took me a while. It's because it's once you get into this, it just keeps like doubling back on itself and saying the same thing. Which okay. Sometimes in a story, I like. I like right. that, I like that where there's an overall theme and like throughout the book, no matter what's going on, that overall theme is like reinforced. Right. But this is just kind of like talking in circles. Well, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah. I'm gonna say that he's that's intentional. I think Michael Williams is doing that intentionally as as a way of kind of getting that tribal feel mm. of how you're sitting around the fire. This is a story that is being passed down orally through perhaps a tribal shaman, right, or something mm. like that. And so around the fire, he's hitting the same notes. Those. The, he's double. He is doubling back on himself. I just always assumed it was something similar to like a chorus of a song. He just wanted that main part repeated. Repeated again, yeah, and again. But it also lends itself to the memorization yeah. uh, uh, of yeah. the next generation and stuff when it's being said again and again. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Luke. Uh, not necessarily do I mind headiness in 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 writing, right? Like yeah. in, in in poetry. That whole opening is about this time before the war. So are we? Ta- we're obviously talking about the time before the wars that are in the chronicles. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So and like you said, if you want to search out, you can find the story uh, in a much more digestible form. I would have much rather read that. <laughs> it actually, I remember it not being bad. Okay. Um, you know, it, it feels very much like you're reading um, a chapter out of Clan of the Cave Bear. Yeah. Some, some <laughs> a quick little blurb right. about... Is that, a Conan, is that a Conan thing? Clan of the Cave Bear? Yeah. No, that's a very famous movie with Daryl Hannah in it and a book by Gene M. Owl. When was Owl? this made? Like everything I reference. <laughs> You're outnumbered. Right? Right? You're outnumbered. Right? Right? Yeah, we don't actually. Clan of the Clan of the Cave Club. Bear was probably eighty. It was eighty-five, something like that. Okay. So yeah, no. Uh, really, actually, my weird. One of my favorite. My wife's like two, three favorite movies. Grease. Okay. Yeah. Gone with the Wind. Okay. And Clan of the Cave Bear. Mm, you- Suss that one out. <laughs> what? No. I, I just, I don't know what to say about it, that. She, it like, means she's a highbrow lady who doesn't mind putting on the buckskin. I expected the first two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first two <laughs> But not Clan of the Game No, because no, I had never even heard of it. Yes, also. She also enjoyed watching, the, there's one very similar mm-hmm. called uh, The Quest for Fire, which is like, okay. I think it's a French film. All, if you like the first, oui, oui. if you like the first half hour of 2001 A Space Odyssey, well, imagine two hours. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> oh man! So okay. Um, so anyway, we find out that uh, that there is this total darkening of the moon. So all three moons mm-hmm. are going dark, and a child is found by the people. 
Um, I always assumed Riverwind was born into the tribe. I, I had never taken a different belief on that mm. either. And then this poem tells us that as well as then that follow-up book. Yeah, he's an outsider. Okay. Uh, he's an outsider amongst these I, people. I always knew he was like a lower class, like a different class, like the warrior yeah, we class. Yeah, al- we always got that feeling because, right. I mean, like he was never supposed to be with River Wind Lovejoy, Gold Moon. Uh, Gold yeah, Moon. Gold, <laughs> I, yeah, I actually had completely forgotten dances about with, her name. Dances with Wolves. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but this does have Dances with Wolves feels to, feel to it, right? Yeah, because what I yeah. what I love about the – let's speak about this because mm-hmm. I think what I like about the Dragonlance universe and what I will credit okay, them – Hold on, hold on. We're going we're gonna to talk about this. Just, okay, now go on. Yeah, we got to <laughs> – um, one of the things that I think was very progressive about the Dragonlance universe is finding a niche um, for for races uh, that ha- weren't given a lot of mm-hmm. place in fantasy up yeah. until this yeah, point. Yeah, I, mean, right? I agree you know, with that. Definitely, Dragonlance definitely ahead of its time there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like the Native American community, and again, I'm I'm struggling to think of through the '60s and '70s what was there that was representative of the Native American community in fantasy. Now, this is not Native Americans, mm-hmm. right? No, uh, no, obviously not. And in fact, what I think is De- really derived from what I actually think I'm going to throw out. I'm going to throw Hickman under the bus for this. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is taking Native American culture and making it white in some ways, right? Gold Ooh, Moon is blonde-haired, yeah. Yeah. right? And but I, is, isn't that isn't it weird that she is? In that's her. Mormonism, right? In some ways, isn't in some ways this idea that there was tribes that came from the Middle East or Eastern Europe thought, coming to the Americas with, with thousands of years ago? I thought Across with Mormonism, the land Mormonism, it was just that I think that. Jesus made it over. And he came I, over. I don't. But think I thought there was tribes before them. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know much. We about are Mormonism. not speaking to what we know about. No. So yeah, sorry was, for any offense that was given. Yeah. Um, no, we're we're just hashing things out verbally. Yeah. That's yeah. What we're yeah. doing. Yeah. It, with uh, unscripted, uh, <laughs> att- attempting to hoping that one of us knows the answer. Yeah. <laughs> and none of us knew the answer. Well, to that we one. probably should do research. Uh, <laughs> diarrhea of the mouth is what's uh, happening. But um. <laughs> but I do, I do, I do think that it's it's kind of a smart idea to to take the aspects of Native American culture um, and and kind of bring it in yeah. into a fantasy realm because it's not something. When I think of Lord of the Rings, high fantasy, I don't think of Native American culture. That being said, I would say I think people ran with it a little too far to where like if you go to the Dragonlance Nexus and you look up uh, Riverwind, um, man, he looks. Straight up Native American. Okay. We said even on the the cover of Dragons of Autumn Twilight. Yeah, that uh, Tannis had. Yeah, and I that. I actually like the look uh, of Tannis. Yeah, I think we, we just thought that that was just something that they you know pulled from for this world. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But I. But again, I, we don't know that. We're uh, just assuming. Again, I'm gonna say that this is in some way Hickman's. Mormon upbringing because when you think about say I'm going to go with a religious thing here when you think about Christianity Mm -hmm. Christianity although born in the Middle East definitely through the Middle Ages takes on a lot of Eurocentric clothing right Jesus becomes long haired and very white right and so much of what Christianity is used to seeing is very European looking and so when we created high fantasy most of that came from ancient you know legends from Europe 
okay. uh, or the Greeks. So I think most, especially white audiences, are used to seeing high fantasy in a Eurocentric light. You know, yeah. so they're not, you know. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And, and so it's, it's always had. I guess you know. If you say fantasy, that is exactly what comes to mind. Exactly. Like Eurocentric. You, you think English high fantasy. Accents, English, like, like English. Right. England, UK. Yeah. The UK's accent. Right. Yeah. And so, but but now you have Mormonism mm-hmm. who has taken a lot of what was Eurocentric and thrown it over to the Americans, right? Joseph Smith throwing yeah. most of it over mm-hmm. into the Americans. Like, hey, there's a whole other book of stuff that happened in America. I think Hickman, throughout his upbringing, was used to... Native American culture mm-hmm. being also part of that religious underpinnings, right? Okay. And so when he created high fantasy, he sucked that up with him as well, right? And, and so really, he, a good idea, a great idea. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool, it. very yep. cool, very cool idea. Even again, like I said it already, ahead of its time, like to where you know, like maybe maybe we're liking it because. You know, we've had so much of this uh, Eurocentric fantasy. Yeah. That, like, yeah. This kind of like refreshing. Yeah. You know, exactly. and, and when I say when we like it, not this poem, but. <laughs> uh, Notice how we're talking about everything but the poem. Okay, so let's, you know, we, we, we've been on and on about everything around it. So what, what happened? Like, let's just boil it down. What happens in this poem? Well, Mowgli is found by, Mowgli. by Baloo. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. Like, what does Mowgli have to do? <laughs> and he was raised by animals in the jungle. Or, no, uh, plainsmen in the plains. Okay, first thing that I got to ask you here. Um, in the poem, we get this idea that they find him on, in the river. Yep. But there's a lot going on with the moons. So why don't they call him River Moon? Because it was kind of gusty. <laughs> like... Like uh, that's what that's what that, I don't get here. It's like I don't think unless I miss there's it. gold moon, right? Wait, is that what's her name gold again? Moon. Gold there's gold moon. It is gold moon. So it can't so be it river can't moon. Be river moon. So that's why it's so they be screwed river themselves. Gold, gold wind river moon. I got it. <laughs> Lovejoy. I think I know it's Lovejoy. No, or is that no? That's almond joy. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like a. Nut. That makes some great. <laughs> Wait, almond joys are candy, aren't they? Yeah. I was gonna go with what the, the almond milk. Okay, so. Uh, we're your guide here. If you don't want to read this poem, we're going to help you out here. Basically, all that happens is they find a child in the river. This is River Moon. Wind. Loved. R- river river wind, wind, who should be named River Moon because he is found in a river under auspicious moons. Pretty but much. that's okay. I know Justin will correct me as to why it's River Wind. Um, <laughs> thank you, Justin. Thank you. Uh, ahead of time. Um but he becomes part of this Kweishu city. Again, mixing everything together, which is why I wish the artist renditionings or why I wish the artist renderings of River Moon. Dang it! I know it's hard, isn't it? River Wind. River and, Wind. And, and, and these people were kind of Native American, but also their own thing because you have a city named Kweishu. Yeah. That does not sound Native American. Now yeah. it, we're sounding very much, we're moving to the east. You know, this is yeah. an eastern sounding city to yeah. me. You know, so I'd like a to nice have mix. seen, I'd like to have seen nice some mix. sort, its own hybrid blending of, of some sort of mm. thing. Um, but let me give you some download on, on Kweishu. The village yes. of Kweishu lies slightly eastwards of Solace, right? Okay, we, we knew that. Yep. Along the East Wall Mountains in Abanasinia. 
I'm saying I'm that wrong. So glad I didn't have to say that. Abanasinia. A low circular wall surrounds the village, and there are always a large number of tents, permanent buildings set up within the walls. Major structures are in the center of the settlement, including the village hall, mm -hmm. the home of the chieftain. Kweishu very much is sounding to me like Cahokia, which was like a, a, one of the Mississippian civilizations, which, yeah. again, I, I like that. It's still feeling very Native American from the and Americas. I, I, I guess it is kind of cool to get a little background on this because all we know is, like, you know, it gets all burned down when the sand people come and, like, burn it down and kill Aunt Maru. And <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's all right. I actually had to yeah. think back and go, sand people, wait, were they? Were they? <laughs> I don't know. That, that was just was really, a... like, in uh, in the original trilogy, that, that was what that was the picture I had in my brain. I think all of us. I yeah, all oh, sure. I don't know. We recorded that two years exactly. ago. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm like, wait, guys, were there sand people? No, dragons. Guys, what did I say back then? I don't remember. <laughs> Probably something negative. Probably. <laughs> and I was coughing. <laughs> I was a wheezing. It's true. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. You you were down and out for that one, weren't you? Good old pneumonia. <laughs> but through this poem, we found out that uh, he grows up. He's learning the ways of the people. Mm. He is a left-hander, so he's practicing left-hand magic. Oh, he's a witch. He's a witch. boy. Stay left. Yeah. Make a dog pee into a cake and have him eat it, and then we'll throw him in the river. And <laughs> in the back of his mind, always he's thinking about cheetahs. He just... This no leopards. Is it leopards? Leopards, I, I believe. I believe. I it's, thought it was cheetah. No, they never leopards, mentioned it. Cheetahs, cheetah. panthers. It's a leopard, I think. Chester I am, cheetah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's always a time among the time among the leopards. The leopards. There we go. Uh, who must have raised him in the waves of grass and dust? Oh, it's le lepers. He was around sick people. <laughs> <laughs> this this is why he was using his left hand. His right one was all filled with <laughs> leprosy. No, it fell off like years ago. Yeah, you can't marry. It was, it was actually love joy. You're a leper. <laughs> it was actually leopards. Don't take anything I just said seriously. <laughs> so we are told that, um, and then the sky in the uh, in the east is silver and black, mm. and the west the red is paling. So we we definitely have a reference to the three moons. Yep. Um, I will say as soon as I saw the Westland. Uh, the sky in the Westland is falling. I just heard the, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. <laughs> and then the we start is... having, what I love about Kwe Shu is we have the Burning Man Festival. Like all the girls put on foxtails. They're all dancing around. Gold Moon's looking hot. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. There's it's, this, it's Burning I'm, Man. I'm hearing this. It's just, it's dark. There's fires all over the place. Mm. The drums are just pounding. Everybody's sweaty. It Everybody's is, done a little bit of it. Of oh, it's clan of, it's clan of the cave, cave bear. Right <laughs> I, I, was, I was going for more like that, that one weird sex scene in the second Matrix movie. It's kind of off-putting because no, the girls kind of smell like patchouli oil. <laughs> something that makes me viscerally ill. <laughs> Can't stand the smell of patchouli. But, huh. yeah, they're all just dancing around. <laughs> Snake dancing. It's yeah. wonderful, right? Uh, and, oh, oh, that river, wind, moon, gold, love, joy, wants, love, gold, wibble. <laughs> so bad. Gold, gold moon. Gold, so, so gold river, moon wind, river, wind, wants, wants gold, gold moon, moon so yeah. bad. Yes. Yeah, right? Um, that he's going to go tell her dad. But I Give like, me your daughter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Eland heart steams away for seven seasons. For so so for seven seasons, he's kind of like two and a half years lusting after her. Pretty much, well, yeah. two and a quarter. We get no movement out of here. Like this poor guy for seven seasons has to sit here just. And tell me about it. Just Jones, <laughs> just blue balled to oh, the yeah. max. Yeah. As I mean, I don't know how long, how often they have these festivals, but can you imagine like? 
Every... I, I, I'm saying every new moon. So like, yeah. you know, once, twice a month. They... I, I feel like, like humans just kind of do stuff annually. You know? I think they follow the wheel of the year. So I think they're going like with time. Eight, Got it. Yeah. Eight, eight festivals. They're like meeting at Beltane, yeah. right? Uh, he's getting wrapped up in like the in the Maypole and everything else, and he's never getting any yeah. satisfaction. Yeah, he, he, he just keeps he just keeps staring, and eventually he'll just turn uh, into that creepy guy. Who look, just... man, I went up to Joshua Tree like once, and I ain't been the same ever since. <laughs> Okay, dude. Right. So I mean, so it's burning up inside of him. He needs he he needs to in some way hook up with Gold Moon because he loved her. Again, I'm feeling this visceral lust from him, but we're supposed to very quickly transform this in our minds to love. There is love oh, yeah. that's yeah. happening here as well. well. I mean, they're they're young yet. I mean, this could be like he's you a, know, this, is di- this is this is this is Disney. I yeah, mean, yeah. he he's good looking. Well, She's good looking. Gonna, I was going to say like. Love. They're, they're teenagers. They think they're in love. That's true. Yeah. It's, oh, a, it's a standard yeah. teenager. I love I love you. I love you. I You're love the prettiest you. girl I've ever seen. I love you. Marry me. <laughs> that, went, that took a turn. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it really did. That's their right. eyes reflect each other to infinity. Actually, this is the kind of crap that kids write, yeah, in yep. their yep. notebooks mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, really heady stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but dad's a jerk, and he says that they can only have, or that river wind can only have gold no. moon if I'm he gonna, completes the daddy, task. Dad is an entrepreneur. He he needs these things done and knows he's got a way no, to. Dad's like the Don of the Mafia. Like I'm gonna send you off on <laughs> exactly, a mission. I know you're gonna die. On. The Don knows what to do. Dad is doing dead. exactly what Dad should be doing. Yes. And with my daughters, I'd be doing the same thing. No, you're just gonna get a shotgun and shoot them. We're all down at at the lake shore. We got the fire going. My oldest daughter does this all the time. Like, watch, I can do a back bend, right? And she's. Backbending and crab walking, right? Walking around like she's possessed. Like she's possessed, yeah, crawling across the ceiling. Meanwhile, I look over and Cheetah Boy is over there in the corner, left-handed, has leprosy, raised raised in the woods. (laughs) Right? He's he he, he's never fit into the tribe. The actual hell happens out where you live. Meanwhile, (laughs) he's sporting a tent pole through his buckskin. and, And I'm like, oh yeah, boy. You want to date my daughter? Okay. I got right. some tasks. So for I you. got some tasks for yeah. you com- to complete. Yeah. First of all, I want you to bring me the nads of a albino squirrel. <laughs> and, t- and take this ring and jump it in the fires of Mordor. <laughs> right? What the hell? Like I actually I can justify what this father is going through. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> um, so what are the tasks? Bring me the moon, bring me moons and we know this in your we hand, know this already. stars on a dying blanket, and the crystal staff. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and again, there is always... Oh, sorry. No, we know about the crystal staff already, but there's this other... Right. I'm pretty sure... There's other stuff that kind of just like, I need this, and then it's like, he gets this. Done. It's so yeah. weird. Well, and that we're going with triplicate, because... Mm-hmm. Things are completed in threes, right? Um, so we have to do three three things here. So River Riverwind gets the first two easy. I actually thought if there was anything that was short shrifted in here, not like I wanted a longer poem, <laughs> but I didn't hear anything about getting these other two things, really. You, like you it's saw, barely you, you heard a little bit about the stars. It, it kept going back yeah. on itself constantly. This is where I gotta ask you. So how does he do this? Some, so something about a blanket and the some, dew? Yeah, that's something about the blanket and the dew was able to get the starlight to reflect off the dew. Ha ha, tricked you. Well, I think right? I think he, and even he even talked about it, where the first two were meant to just be riddles. They weren't They're meant riddles. to be yes. 
This is Gollum. This yeah. is Gollum and and Frodo mm-hmm. having guess, their it, banter. It could be what's the, in its pockets is yes. yeah. It could be that uh, you know I want to make sure this kid is smart enough to date my daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give yes. him two riddles. We won't and be from there. we won't be watering down the bloodlines here. Yeah, and now yeah. but the last one here is actually the tough one, and yeah. most of that short story centers around this entire thing: the getting of the staff. Um, so. He remembers, and, th- and this is the part that like, we kind of know already. Yeah, I feel like this was explained. Like I was reading this, I was reading this in circles. By like, this written. point, my mind is starting to numb. Like, yeah. like all of a sudden, he's getting visions. I like he's like Simba from The Lion King, where he's like, he's like, I'm I'm remembering things. Uh, I remember images of a lost childhood. I remember cheetahs. I, I remember uh, <laughs> the word sex written in the clouds. I, I'm yeah. going to be completely <laughs> honest. I checked out after probably like the third stanza, third or fourth stanza. So you guys are, I yeah. mean, I read through it all. I, I know what happens. Even I in my notes, caring. I have written, he gets the staff, but it gets really wordy. <laughs> I don't really know what happens. So yeah, yeah <laughs> um, something awakens. He remembers something. There's an old man, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. it, it just got it, muddled. He's, he's over there just grabbing the staff going like, can I grab it? I, I don't know my father. No. No! They kept saying no randomly. Like, it was not in a sentence. I'm just yes. like, I, I don't fully understand what's... I know your father. Doing... Yeah, it's... <laughs> no more! We say we are done with looking with the children, with skins, with the dust, with the memory. I'm like, what? Yeah, I have yeah. no idea what's going on. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it kept doing that, too. Yeah. It, yeah. That was... Because that was part of what was repeatedly, constantly saying, right? But again, it, it no, fits no into, more. like, oral story. I, I agree with you. Um, yeah. I have written here something, so now i got to look it up. That Then all of a sudden they're riding to the end of the last home, so we're like right before Chronicles mm-hmm. is about to start. Which is nice. Yeah, but then Goldmoon tells him something that really doesn't make oh, any oh, sense. I, I got it for you. Here. Okay. Now, are you worthy? No longer in my eyes only, but now in the Falcon's eyes of the world. Forever the story is walking. Forever the story I love it when you use the use um, a word to describe itself. <laughs> That's my favorite. Um, forever the story is walking forever the story. Yeah. So I don't know. This I, we are a podcast that uh, bases itself in pretension. So it's hard to I say. Mean, we're, and we're breaking we're breaking down poetry right now. We don't have the English guy. Like this is kind of this is kind of tough. Jacked. But I do feel like this is really kind of heavy. I won't say pretentious, but I'm gonna leave the word pretension right dangling on the outsides yeah, of my conversation. People, you're gonna let people think you said <laughs> say it, but, but I'm not, not actually saying it. Saying it. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, we're just pretentious, right? Again, I'm going to say if I'm an editor at TSR and I'm going, okay, we've had two hit runs of Mm -hmm. trilogies here. We're going to launch this Tales thing. We want the kiddies to buy into this stuff. Who boy. I think this might have come halfway through the book. Yeah. Somewhere I, else. I don't I, I get the impulse to I still think, and I people can challenge me on this, mm-hmm. but I do think that they are looking at Tolkien and going, high fantasy starts with this kind of stuff. It starts with poetry. Or you you know, like like poetry needs I, to I be feel embedded like it was in something there. Something we talked about before. We like, have. Oh yeah. Like that Elmore Elmore? 
Or is that the... Williams. Will, Williams. Elmer was the artist. Uh, Williams was just like the guy there who maybe had the highest level of education and like nobody could say no to him. And or he just, something. And he just, somebody's got like, dude, like what are you doing? Because I think the, nobody else there like... I mean, I, like in, include it in the book, but don't start with that. I don't think you I, start with I it. I just think nobody else liked to do the poetry related to the books. They wanted to write the books. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, no, I'll totally do the poetry. Right. No, yeah, I, I got this. I agree. And... My, Barfed this though. I I did not I did not like this poem whatsoever. No. And and because I also find Riverwind to be the, one of the weakest characters, a character that I didn't actually care no. about his he backstory. He easily. Uh, yeah, I'll bring. I'll I will say it again. He should have died when the black dragon melted him. I would yeah, and never come back. I I agree with that because we we have we said when we went through Chronicles, yeah. way too many characters yeah. anyway. And um, sometimes a character death is more makes them more important. And the maybe fact this, that maybe he came back, he stopped. Maybe this would have meant more. Like, oh, I remember yeah. him from the book. Like, yeah. he's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we're getting more to him. Instead, that instead we drug him along behind the ship, mm. chumming, on- chumming for sharks. Let's be yeah. honest. Him and Goldmoon were kind of just. Goldmoon had some major parts, but she really. Goldmoon, these discs of Mashiko, all of that kind of stuff was really heavy in that mm. first book, and I thought she was going to play a front and center role. Now, okay, Brendan is going to. Kill me, because I love Lorana. Brendan, love Lorana. And she is far better than Goldmoon ever would be. But then you need to merge those two characters. Yeah. Because Goldmoon is played off in that first book as really being something important. She's very integral. She's got this staff, right? Like, people show up with powerful instruments and then go away and never come back. Like, she should have then been... So let's marry the two together. Lorana with the staff... Yeah. Should have been the golden general at the end of the trilogy. It would have she, made more sense. It would have made more sense because she'd have had this incredible she was the general, arc, wasn't she? That's what no. I'm saying. No, uh, Lorana is the golden general, yeah. but you get she rid of Goldmoon. Yeah, and had the staff that. Uh, for God's sakes, Lorana is called the golden general. Yeah, this yeah. girl's Gold called Moon. Gold Moon. Yeah, like you merge those characters together and have Gold- just one Lorana who who is doing this, rising on her arc and taking Gold over. Goldmoon could have been Lorana. Or man, that's an idea. Goldmoon could have. Lorana's nickname, something like that, where like you know yes. her, her given name was Lorana, but mm. then she was born under com- a golden comes moon in, or something. She comes in with her new boyfriend. Tannis is all like, "Oh, dang it!" But then her new boyfriend dies, and Tannis takes over. Boom, book fixed. Right, because because <laughs> Tannis has nothing throughout the whole book besides just being Tannis through the whole trilogy. Yeah. So you would have had actually kind of a, I think, a nice juxtaposition <laughs> bringing it back I love it ding 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 ding, ding. you uh, can add that one to the counter Neil of kind of these crossing paths where as we're watching the slow demise and fall of Raceland in a lot of ways then we are watching the rise of, of maybe Goldmoon slash Lorana out of obscurity maybe she's in hiding whatever yep. yeah and maybe instead of this staff crystal staff she would have had a dragon lance <laughs> Wait, actually bringing in a Dragonlance into a story with Dragonlances? <laughs> when in the you call your life? universe Dragonlance, boy, uh, I love you that could, joke. You could really have more lances. In now, it. Hey, folks, let us know. Do you think Goldmoon, Goldwind, Goldmoon? Yeah, Goldmoon Gold should have been in there, or should Lorana have just taken over Goldmoon's spot? And I'm just thinking off the cuff. So yeah. who knows? I mean, there's pl- tons of holes to this theory. So don't yeah. crucify so, me. Punch holes in, the, in that theory. <laughs> oh, there's lots of them probably want to punch holes in my chest right now. Um, 
But let's talk about this Blue Crystal Staff before we kind of move on yeah. here, because uh, the Blue Crystal Staff was a powerful artifact created by the goddess Meshikal. Most of the time, the staff appears as simple. And by the way, this is, I, I did not write this. Uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, Dragonlance Nexus, your one-stop shop for all things Dragon. Yo, you, got, you got a question, go to the Nexus. Um, but... It's, it, it's a simple, plain, unadorned quarterstaff. However, when it's used or seen through the eyes of magic, the staff is a six-foot-long rod of unflawed blue crystal and is crowned with an ornamental headpiece resembling two crescent moons that are connected at the back with horns pointing down and upwards, right? So we've we've seen all this stuff yeah. about and how they use it I guess in I didn't, I, didn't know the, I didn't know the entire staff was blue. No. I thought it was like a wooden staff with a... I always thought the top just glowed blue. But that's just how we picture stabs. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to stabs, it from games. Staffs. Staves. <laughs> staffs. Staffs. Staves. Staves. Um, so I guess... Staves. I guess uh, kind of final thoughts on on this entire... I mean, I think we've kind of done it. So that so that's how the book opens. Um, we know there's there's a bunch more stories in here. We're gonna get to them. Um, yeah, but not a strong opener. No. No. no, don't worry, guys. This was just the first penetration into tales. Use different words. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pull out, and the next the next time we dive in, it's it's gonna be better because this time we're going for blood. <laughs> Use different words. <laughs> I'm just, this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Blood Sea of Istar is coming up. Uh, Okay. Uh, thanks for checking. Thanks nice for stopping cover. by for deeper delves, everyone. Hey, All if right. you're wondering why you're looking on the schedule and it's like, hey, second generation should be coming. It's coming. Okay. We're working on it. We're busy. It's super busy right now. But yeah, don't worry. It's my fault. <laughs> Way to take the bullet. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. No, it really is though. <laughs> well, your work. Can, what, what did you say? You what, said three a.m. one night where you, you were know, working until like. For those of you who are on deeper delves, you guys are like now our hardcore. This is the core yeah. fan, so we can open up to you guys. Obviously, most of you know that we all work at a school. Um, Paul and I uh, are just kind of doing the mm-hmm. the soft handed white collar. Let's go redecorate our rooms and get our classroom in order whereas luke is just white knuckled hand of the grindstone getting the computer software up and running yeah for trying, those first trying days. to make sure the school doesn't burn so down he has been wow. bur- he has I'm, been staying I'm, up till three o'clock in the morning trying to make sure that power school is running i'm a part of a team that's trying to make sure that we're ready for the year that starts in oh god like Couple days, don't think. About and when it. we when we say part of a oh, team, Luke, Luke, Luke's gone. <laughs> Luke, Luke's gone. Luke's gone. Yeah, we we need yeah. we need to get out of it. We need Luke to drink some more beer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Sam, when we say part of a team, I mean he is kind of uh, the Galactus of the team. He, he's the ruler. He is the overlord. I'm the Jarvis. Yeah, he's, he's the Jarvis. And then you have little minions. You're you're the. Uh, he does I'm work. All, with I'm Ultron. <laughs> yeah, you're Ultron. <laughs> you're Ultron with your minions. Oh, uh, very God. good. But yeah, that, hey, thank so thank you guys. Uh, just uh, keep looking. You're probably gonna get another deeper delve before you. I mean, you probably. Uh, well, I guess I don't know about before second second generation. The first of. I second can't tell gen. you how many times I've called this next generation. 
Like, and then like ah, that's Star Trek, like Star Trek. For some reason, my brain just keeps. Doing, I, I guess I don't know. Um, we got tales. We're gonna go through tales. You got a bunch of deeper delves coming. Who knows how long? Yeah, we're gonna keep yeah. trying to crank Th- these. They out. may be released even after we're done with Dragonlance. So there you go, Dragonlance, all year yeah. long. Hey, yeah, Dragon. Dragonlance fans, just keep looking even after we're done with Dragonlance because my my guess would be we're gonna use deeper delves as our platform to kind of do this kind of stuff periodically so yeah if we're if we're feeling like it some of us might read some more Dragonlance throw it out as a deeper delve some of these uh, tales I always, and I always heroes love going in the Dragonlance world even if it is I need it halfway through the winter yeah. I, I'm coming in like we're March we'll be buried in like Pierce Brown and some really awesome action you guys have fun with that one um, really competent writing, and there's times <laughs> that I just want to jump back into a just a nice, worn-out parable of sneaks. Exactly. Like All your right. grandpa's slippers. Let us know what you think, folks. Uh, if you want to punch any holes in any of the comments that we've made, don't open it up too far. What? <laughs> no, do it. Every comment. Helps. No, you got to keep it. No, otherwise we'll get fisted way too much. Stop! <laughs> God, shut the episode. This, this episode's done. <laughs> All right, we're done. We're getting out of here. It's time to go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Dweebs. There's even more adventure to be had at our website, dungeonsanddweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at dungeonsanddweebspodcast@gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons and Dweebs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at DungeonsAndDweebs.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The music for Dungeons & Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings and can be found at their website, RoyaltyFreeKings.com. Dungeons & Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert Media Production, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. And no part of the show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Tim Gilbert Media.